evening. It's good to be uh, in the Lord's house tonight. I trust you had a wonderful day. Just another, haven't, hasn't God blessed us with such beautiful weather this week. And, and uh, we're enjoying our time up, uh, up the camp on the mountain. And uh, the guys just remarking the beauty that, that God's blessed you with. I guess all of you realize what a wonderful place you have the opportunity to live in. Yeah. And uh, he's really been good to you. And he's given you a great church. Amen. Amen. A mission-minded church and a loving church. And uh, we are always refreshed when we come here. And when we leave, we're always better for it. And so we're so thankful for everything you continue to do and you support us. I've had a number of people ask about certain guys with Health Ministries, so I thought let me just take just a couple of minutes. And uh, Brother Scotty Drake is doing well. Uh, Scotty is actually in St. Vincent right now on a mission trip. He preached there on Sunday, and uh, uh, he, he was about 100 degrees there. And he's preaching in his suit and tie. And uh, the, his son-in-law, Dale Bowe, was telling me today, yeah, we thought he was going to melt right there on the platform, but he wouldn't take his jacket off. So I said, Scotty, they had no speaker. Take the jacket off, brother, if you're there with no, uh, they're even under a tent and uh, no air conditioning, open air. Uh, so, but they're doing well. And uh, as a matter of fact, the, the, the reason why they went down, there's a Bible college in St. Vincent. And... Uh, a gentleman by the name of Johnny Daniels, which I believe you guys support, has been on the board of directors there. Well, Johnny has recommended a number of guys to our ministry that we've been uh, beginning to support. Now, I've never met him. I don't even, if he walked in here, I wouldn't even know him. All they say, he's recommended some guys to me, and man, these guys have been tremendous. Uh, but uh, there was a, a piece of property, a Bible college with a lot of buildings, and so we're hoping to maybe try to get something started there. Uh, but the, the, we have the ability to do so, and the Lord's opened the door, and, uh, and Brother Scotty Drake and Brother Jonathan Comer were put on the, the board there, uh, and so there'll be voting members, and we're hoping to be able to really get something started there. So you pray about that. Uh, Scotty's doing well. And then I, I was asked about Brother Chan McMillan. Brother Chan McMillan, he's 94 years old, I believe, now. And he is, you know, his first wife passed away, and then he remarried, and his second wife passed away, and now no women are willing to even think about it. And so, and I, I, can't, I can't say that I blame him, but now he's in an assisted living facility in Lakeland, Florida. He moved back there, and he's not able to drive, he's not able to live by himself, he's not able to get out. So what did he do? Well, he started a little church right there in the facility, and he has about 15 or 20 people to come on Sunday. He's seen some folks say he's still grabbing quarters from the people yeah, in the assisted living facility, and uh, he don't get as many as he used to, but uh, he's, still, he's still doing it. Amen. So you pray for him. I was picking at him here a while back, and, uh, and I, I said, well, you know, one day, I said, Brother Chan, one day you're going to be in heaven. I said, one day you're going to be in heaven. Let's say it's 100. And I said, he gets, he said those birthday letters out. I said, I'm going to send a letter out. I said, well, Chan was still alive. He'd be 100. And so I'm asking for $100 or $1,000 or something like that. He, st he got all excited. And I said, brother, you might be worth more dead than you are alive. I, I was just joking. I was just joking. But, uh, boy, he loved that. And uh, he, this man is ready to go to heaven. But until he goes, he's going to do everything he can while he's here. And uh, so both of these men, I told them last week that I was coming here, and they wanted me to send my greetings. And so I'm doing that officially. And, of course, Miss Barbara uh, sends hers as well, and all the staff of Health Ministries. Well, it's a privilege to have with Caesar Basker with us, and I'm going to ask him to come. He's going to share an update and uh, uh, just a tremendous asset to our ministry. Uh, I could say it, but he can say it a lot better, and uh, I'm going to let him do it. 
church. Amen. What a blessing to be back with you. Um, like Brother Ron said, my name is Cesar Basker. I'm originally from the country of Chile in South America. I'm married to one wife, like most of the missionaries said. Yeah. One wife and three kids. Um, David, Eva, and Elizabeth are our kids, and we serve the Lord together in the little town of King in North Carolina, where our headquarters are. I work at the office and I also work as a rep traveling with the missionaries and uh, presenting their ministry in different churches. Um, I had the blessing to, in September 26, to travel to the country of Bolivia in South America and uh, we visit there uh, some of our missionaries and some kind of uh, checking on them, how are they doing, what are they doing. Uh, I know you support two of them, uh, Brother Anderson Thompson from Bolivia and Brother Fernando Flores, yes. and they're doing a good job there in, in the country of Bolivia. We, the country of Bolivia has 12 million people there, and 70% of the country is Catholic, 10% is uh, evangelical, uh, that's how they codify them, Christians, Baptists, and then they have 10% uh, of the people still believe they're all ancestors, indigenous uh, religion there. And the most difficult part in the country of Bolivia is the government. Uh, they have to take a turn to vote uh, presidents that are communist. They, say they call themselves socialists, but they are actually communists. Mm -hmm. And Pastor uh, Fernandez was telling me that there is a law about to happen, to pass there, that it will reset all the churches. And all the churches are not qualified to be churches anymore. Mm -hmm. So they, they're going to raise their taxes. And, and only those that can afford this are going to be able to to continue on being a church. So that's that's a horrible thing that is happening there in, in Bolivia and, uh, and attempting against the religion religion freedom that they have. But uh, not only is negative there; they're doing a, a good job. Uh, we visit six of the missionaries that we have in health ministries that work with us, and uh, we visit uh, Brother Coca, who's in. Uh, Cochabamba, a large city there. He's doing a tremendous ministry there. He's starting his fifth, fifth church. And uh, he invests a lot of time training young men uh, to go into the mission field. And he sent them out. And that way he has started five churches already. So they have a burden and a passion for souls, for planting churches. And he's doing it in, a, in, a city, in an area where they speak, they don't speak Spanish there. They speak a different language. I walk into the service thinking, uh, we're going to speak Spanish, that's my main language. And they start singing hymns in a language that I didn't know. Uh, their language is Quechua. Quechua. And they, they're doing a tremendous work there. And uh, then we visit Pastor Fernando Flores. He's doing a good job. He has sent out two uh, missionaries to, out of his church. And these men are tremendous men of God, they started, one of them is um, Brother Mario, is uh, starting a church, uh, three churches started in the Amazon area, uh, and if you know anything about the Amazon, there is no roads there, you can only travel through the rivers, and he has three points where he can preach, and he sadly, he cannot visit all three points where he started those churches, he told me he, he can only afford to travel to one of those places. So every weekend he goes to one of these places, but if he can have some help, he will be able to uh, go to the other places. And I asked him, how much it will cost you to go to the, to the next uh, village? 
said to visit all my churches every week, it will cost me $25. So I put that out there if you want to pray about that and he can reach those places. He says when he goes there, they come and they travel to, to hear him preach and to hear the gospel. So that's the effort that they're doing. And the other brother is a tremendous brother. His name is Enoch. I said this because they might never be able to come to this country and present their ministries, but they're doing a work for the Lord that the Lord knows. And, uh, and I think uh, we can pray for them. Uh, he went and established a church in, the, in a tribe that has never been reached before with the gospel. It was a tribe that it was so close that they, they rejected everybody that came in. They, not even the Catholics who have been in that country for many years have been able to have a church there. But brother enough, he went there and he, they rejected him. They beat him. They left him on the streets to die. And, and he woke up in the hospital two times. Because he doesn't remember what happened to him. But all that until later on the chief called him to the side and said, what, what do you want from us? And he said, I just want to preach to you about my Savior, about Jesus Christ. And they say, you know, you can come back and I'll give you a corner of our place where you can meet every Sunday. So he started the first church in this region there. The tribe name is uh, the Winaki tribe. And it was the first church there. And uh, he went there, and it's just under a tree. And he put a sign because he thought a church needs to have a sign. He <laughs> said, what's, what's the name of the church? And he said, Fundamental Baptist Church. <laughs> I was like, wow. Let's say, why not, you know, Faith Baptist? I said, no, they have to know we're Fundamental Baptist. <laughs> so it's a tremendous blessing to work with this man of God. We took Bibles there. We risked not getting any of these Bibles into the country. When I asked the pastor, what do you need? I'm coming from the States. What do you need me to bring you that it will help you? They say Bibles. You know, a Bible in Bolivia will cost you 40% of the salary of the average Bolivian. So it's really hard for them to get a Bible. So we took from 50, 52 Bibles. That's all I could fit in the suitcase. And uh, they try to not let him then get in into the country, but uh, at the end the Lord uh, helped us, and we were able to get those Bibles. And they were so excited when they got their Bible; they were so happy to have a Bible. We also have in our ministry, health ministry, have a small radio that we uh, work with. Um, I forgot the name, Mega Voice Bible, and uh, it's a solar radio, but it only uh, reproduces the Bible. And I didn't know exactly how to work with it until I got there. And you know, a lot of these people in these tribes, they can't read. So even if you give them a Bible, they won't be able to read it. And that's when the radio steps in, and it's a tremendous blessing. They, I taught them how to use them. Amen. You press play, you change the chapters, the books of the Bible, and it's solar power. And they were so excited to hear the Word of God, to be able to, to yes. have a Bible, and they can understand, not, they cannot read it but they can hear the word of God. So yeah. it's a tremendous Amen. blessing. Amen. That. And the Lord has given us a burden for Latin America, especially to me and Brother Ron. We've been talking and praying about it. And uh, Latin America, when you hear the term Latin America, is all these countries south from Mexico all the way to Argentina and many countries in the Caribbean islands that speak this language, Spanish and Portuguese. And they call that Latin America. Over 800 million people live in this part of the world. 
and there are 33 countries there. And the Lord has called us to go either for and teach all nations. Amen. We want to reach all these nations, 33 countries. And by the grace of God, we are in nine of these countries. So, but we really, we, we want to reach all of these countries and have witnesses, pastors preaching there in all these countries. So you pray for me as I take the gospel and, and to these places, to these countries in the Latin American world. And for this ministry, we're also going to need your support. So please pray for me as I do the work of the Lord there. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you. 
certainly was no exception. Uh, we are very privileged to have <coughs> George Satuma with us. George shared his testimony on Sunday morning, but I've asked him to come and preach to us a little bit this evening. So, brother, would you come and share something from the Word of God, please? Brother George Satuma from Kenya. Good evening, church. Good evening. I request that we turn to the book of uh, Daniel, chapter number 12. It's always a joy to hear the pages of God's Word turning. Yes. I want to read the first three verses in the Bible. And the Bible says this. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, to that same time, and, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some, of the, some to the everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting content. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness mm. as the stars forever in the Amen. Amen. On the 16th of this month, which is Monday, let me say like eight or nine days ago, my country, uh, national soccer team, was playing Russia. And my son called me because I'm a fan. I'm not a footballer, but I'm a fan of my national team. He said, Dad, Dad, your team is playing. And uh, when I went online, I found my team had beaten Russia 2-1. And I started celebrating, and we were in the 65th minute. And we went up to 8-5th minute, and Russia equalized. I was still celebrating even when others were not because we don't go very far. In <laughs> we are on the continent of Africa and we've never been in World Cup and uh, we hardly make it in the World Cup of Nations, uh, the Africa Cup of Nations. So we are not among the best teams. However, Kenya happens to be a uh, star in the world in the area of long distance runners. Right, yeah. uh, marathons and other long distance. These guys run like never before. And on the last lap, they start as if they are just starting now. Yeah. now don't look at me because I'm not one of them. <laughs> I, mean, I may run as fast as you are, and I will keep, I'll uh, wear out sooner than my uh, fellow citizens do. But I always celebrate when I see our national flag hoist, flag hoist and uh, they sing the national anthem. I stand also yeah. mm -hmm. because I can't run, but it's somebody else who runs and makes us proud. Amen. Yeah. 
Now in these verses, especially verse number two, the Bible says, and many of them asleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to the everlasting, to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Brethren, Christ is coming back. Yes. And he's coming back sooner than you and I know. Sometimes we get so much sidetracked into many things because of what the world makes us, including the jam on the road, traffic jam, yeah. and many other things, sickness. Yeah. And when we are praying, we are not thinking about going to be with the Lord. We're praying that we get healed and live long. And I want to live long, yeah. to not uh, confuse that. But he's coming back. Amen. Yeah. He's coming back sooner than you and I think. And we are closer to his return than we were yesterday yes. and last year. Yeah. And the Bible says that some will be resurrected, those who believe Christ will be resurrected yeah. first, before us who believe in Christ. My pastor will say he will want when Christ comes to find him at the cemetery burying someone. And when he first said that after the service, I said, Pastor, what do you mean? You want people to die? He said, no, 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 you did not understand me. I mean that I want to be burying somebody and Christ comes and I get the first chance to see people come out of their graves. And some graves remain as they are because they didn't believe in Christ. But those who believed, the Bible says, we will not perceive them. They will come out first then us will be changed yeah. Yeah. and will be caught up and will be with the Lord forever. Amen. He's coming back and he's yes. coming back for his church. Yes. Amen. And you and I need to be ready. Yes. Yes. We need to be ready. But there will be others, after all that, that they will be raised. And I believe the question will be, why did you refuse or deny the only way to life? Yeah. And there will be no excuse. I hope they will not use my name, George didn't tell me. I hope, I want to be used of him that no one will stand up and say, I was with him, or I met with him, I studied with him, I went to the market or wherever, and he didn't tell me. But they will have no excuse, and they will be silenced. But among those believers, brethren, who will be raised, and us who will be changed, the Bible says, after death, judgment. The Bible says there will be two groups. Yes. Those who will be celebrating because they sold themselves out. They gave all. There will be others that will be not very happy because though Christ saved them, they didn't use their lives for him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and uh, from verse 11 to verse 15 that our works will be tested. And at the end it says, some will be saved, but as like by fire. It's like clothes even burned, nothing in your hand to give. Honestly, I don't want to be that. I want to have something, and I want to have something precious to give to him at that day. And that day could be so soon than I think. I don't have time. I don't have time. But realize what they say is in verse number two, 
uh, number three, and, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. That means there will be those people that will stand and be crowned. I love those words that are often quoted, especially at funerals. Paul's words in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8, especially verse 7, I've fought a good fight. Most people that use that, or the person that is given that honor to have said those words, perhaps his mom or dad or grandma or grandpa that has gone, many of those have no faith in Christ. Yeah. But it's good to say that for a loved one that has gone and you think you're doing them a favor or you are making them appear good in the eyes of the world. But Paul did not just say that. He said verse 8 also. And he said, now await for me the crown. That faithful God is going to give to you. And he says, not just me only, or else I make myself appear better. Not just to me, but everyone else Look, is looking for his coming. Yeah. We will be given a crown. Fit. Today in this world, you may crown, or I may be crowned in the wrong way. Somebody else deserves that, but I may be crowned. I may get the honor that I don't deserve. Yeah. But we cannot do that in the eyes of the righteous man. Yeah. We can't. You may have a name like mine. I may have a name like yours. He cannot confuse me. Yeah. Can't. He made us. He keeps us. He knows exactly who is who. Uh, everyone is striving to be the best. Some people, like in my country, is athletics. Some countries, when you mention soccer, they will be number one on the list. When you mention soccer in the world, especially when we are in Africa, I want to be Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> and uh, Nima from Brazil and many other stars because they are stars in that yeah. field. You go to the world of music, we have stars. Yeah. And I'm sure if we come to the US and mention basketball, we will go back in time and mention Michael Jordan, yeah. and many other stars, including Carl Malone. Yeah. They are stars. I wonder when your name is mentioned, mm. Mm. what comes up in mind? Mm. Yeah. What people say about you? In which area are you a star? Yeah. I'm not so much caring about what the world says. As much as that is good. What does God say? Mm -hmm. Because his judgment is right. It's true. It's true. I may not give you what you deserve. Because I may only have had less of you. But God knows everything about everyone. And he is righteous. He is righteous. Uh, the Bible says, those who turn many to righteousness. Now, you know we are righteous in the eyes of God, yes. not by our own 
but by his doing. Second Amen. Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He says, he gave us his righteousness, and he took our sin that took him to the cross. So we stand righteous in a given, imparted, adopted. Use any term that I can use. I'm not very good in English. But we were given. It's not ours. But God sees us righteous because of Christ. It's like if uh, you send me or I send you to someone, when you reach to that person and you say, so and so send me, that person does not see you. They see the person who sent you. Yeah. And they will do you the honor in the name of the person who sent you. Yeah. Yeah. If they have a good relationship, they will do a lot for you yeah. because of them. Yeah, if right. not, they will also do the opposite <laughs> because of that person. Some Christians will get home and they will receive a standing ovation. We read about Stephen. Yeah. And he says, while he is being stoned, he says, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's good. Amen. Standing. Now, you may be a nobody like me, but he cares. Before that, perhaps no one knew about Stephen. No one knew about his faith, but God knew. Yes. Yeah. Amen. God knew. That's right. And while he's coming home, he stood yeah. to welcome him. I've always talked about athletics because that's what my country knows. Oftentimes, many run. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you watch. But the last people that come, the camera doesn't show them crossing the line. It shows the past ones and it's put off. And it follows them when they are going to give their names to be registered. And these others are still running. Some may be very far. But the goodness is that with God, everyone, even if you come last, it comes. It comes. It comes. You can shine. You can shine yes, you if can. you bring as many as God will use you to his glory. Amen. You can. Amen. You may not shine in this world. Your name may not appear. After you pass on, immediately perhaps if somebody asks about you, perhaps no one knows you or remembers you, but he will not forget. Yes. He will not. So brethren, I challenge you. You want to be wise. Proverbs 11, 30, uh, 30, he says, those that be wise will bring people to his seven years. If you want to shine, if you, you want to be a star, the best way and the best way to shine and shine ever is to bring souls to the seven years. Amen. Amen. You can never take the gospel to the wrong place. That's right. Amen. You can never take the gospel to the wrong person. I've always challenged people, including my own, uh, own congregation, and say, I, when I walk anywhere in the village, not everyone knows me as pastor. But hardly do I meet somebody who doesn't know and start witnessing until I tell them I'm a Christian, which means not many are out there sharing the gospel. If no one has just found somebody walking and stopped me and said, can I share with you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Which means there are not very many. Mm. But you and I have the chance. Before we are called home, you have the chance mm. to shine by sharing the gospel and pointing them to Christ. Yeah. You and I cannot save them. We are not called to be saviors. We are just called to share the gospel and let the Savior save. So God bless you. Preacher, I told you I had a plan, <laughs> but God's just changed that plan. I want to, I should have turned this on, but I was so listening to what he had to say that I did. Brother, that was tremendous. Amen. Would you look with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter number 10? Romans chapter number 10. I had thought to make some remarks on faith, promise, giving, but I'm going to bump that till tomorrow evening. We're going to look at the few remaining moments that we have tonight in Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the just powerful message that we've just heard in a short 15 minutes. Now, Lord, help us in the remaining moments tonight. Accomplish in our hearts what you desire. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul's heart's desire and prayer, meaning the most, the biggest thing in life to him. What's the big thing in life for you? You know, sometimes I've had some big things that I was looking out on the horizon at, preacher. Maybe it was a big day in the history of our family. Maybe it was a, a vacation that we were looking forward to. Maybe it was a new home that we were going to move into or a move that we were going to make. But if you were to ask Paul, Paul, what, what's, the, what, what's the big thing going on in your life? He would say, the big thing is this. My heart's desire and my prayer is that Israel would be saved. You know, Paul's desire was God's desire. See, Paul understood something. I believe he had a special place, a soft spot for the nation of Israel because even though they didn't understand, he too was once in that very same predicament. He would say in verse 2, he said, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. 
God had such plans for Israel. But Christ, speaking of Israel, would say, I, I, I wanted to just kind of take you under my wings. And he would weep over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. Uh, uh, I, I wanted to take you under my wings. And, he, and Christ said this, but you would not. And as we think of the situation that the nation of Israel is in tonight as we speak, and God had such a better plan, but it was rejected. Paul had the same desire for his countrymen that God had for his countrymen, and that was that they would be saved. He said they have a zeal of God. They, they were religious. I mean, they went after it. They, they took that law and they lived it out to the very letter, fulfilled it. They tried to, to the jot and to the tittle, and even adding to it to try to make sure that they didn't miss it, to try to be so far to the, to, to the safe side of the line that they totally missed the spirit of what God was trying to tell them. But they were zealous and many of them still are but the problem was it was not according to knowledge they were blind and never saw the truth and verse 3 tells us what they were trying to do and this is what the world's trying to do for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. The religions of the world, that's what they're trying to do. They're going about trying to establish their own righteousness because they know, I mean, deep inside, everyone knows that they're going to one day stand before someone. They're going to stand before a creator. It's within their DNA to worship something that's greater than them. And so they're minded to worship. They're minded to sacrifice. And they're working, but they have this zeal, but like the Israelites, but it is not according to the truth. But the answer to Israel's problem the answer to the world's problem. We see it in verse number four. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. This thing that everyone's trying to achieve, this righteousness that they're trying to establish by themselves, but they will never be able to. Christ fulfilled that law and he is our righteousness. He is our peace. But Israel didn't see it. And the world hasn't seen it. And we know that God loved Israel, and God still loves Israel, and they're his chosen people. But not only does God love Israel, verse 11 says this, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then a series of real important questions are asked. And we'll close with these questions tonight. How then 
Shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Boy, I think of this verse and and preacher Mark, I think of these men that are here. And how beautiful the feet of these men are. Now, not literally their feet. In fact, I don't really want you guys displaying those things. We don't want to look at those. But what is the, the feet in the Bible, what did it represent? It represented someone's lifestyle. And uh, when the disciples would show up and, and the Lord would wash their feet, well, it, was a, it was symbolically keeping your life clean and having a good walk. And so this, this testimony and this, this right walk of a, of a choice servant of God. It, it's beautiful. And, uh, and we have some men here tonight that are taking the good news, the greatest news that ever came from heaven to earth is this news that we're sharing, this gospel news. It's what Israel needs to hear. It's what Kenya needs to hear. Uh, it's what other countries need to hear. And it's what the world needs to hear. But wait a minute. There's a dilemma. We see it in our text. It actually starts from the end result. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And then it works down through the process. So if we want to see how the process really works, we're going to have to start at the bottom and work our way up. This is what it says. The last thing it says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? So the first step in the process of someone coming to a saving knowledge of Christ is their sent. And that's what we're doing here this week in a missions conference. That's why these men are here. Your church and other churches that they visit are going to decide whether or not you want to do exactly that, to send these men. Now, they're going to do it whether we help them or not. They've already demonstrated that. But they've also demonstrated this, that they will do much more Amen. with a little bit of help. Amen. And with a little bit of help, they'll be able to go further than they otherwise would have. And they'll be able to share that message and bring those glad tidings of good things to people who are trying to establish their own righteousness but can't and just have never heard about the person of Jesus Christ who's the end of the law and has fulfilled all righteousness. So the first step in the process is we send a missionary. And then what does he do? Then he preaches the gospel. Amen. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He preaches that gospel message. Now, then they hear it. They believe it. But they can't believe it if they've never heard it. And they can't call upon him if they've never heard the message. And they can't believe in him if someone doesn't send him and he doesn't preach the message. So mission starts with us right here in this church. And it culminates in this, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I loved your your illustration about the stars and who we think are the heroes in this world. We got a funny way of looking at things, don't we? Yes, we do. There was a missionary husband and wife that came off the field. 
They've been on the field for about 40 years. It's a true story. Many, many years ago, back before airplanes, and they traveled back home by way of boat. They're on the boat. It took several weeks for them to get back, make the way back to the States. They had never uh, gone back to the States. They had been on the field for all that time, and now they're coming off the field. They're elderly. They're up in the years. Well, man, they pull up to the port, and they're getting ready to get off, and, man, there is a crowd of people. The, the man thinking, wow, man, there's some folks here. We thought all this time no one knew what we were doing, and there's a crowd of people here, and he's walking out, and they're excited, but they, they would soon realize that the crowd of people wasn't for them. There was a dignitary that was on the boat with them. They had no idea that that person was there. And the dignitary walked off, and all the crowd and all the hoopla and all the fanfare was for them. And when the husband and wife missionary team walked off the boat after giving nearly 40 years of their life on the mission field, there wasn't even one single person there. And the husband looked at the wife and he said, boy, I really thought, I really thought that we'd have more of a celebration when we got home. And she looked at him, she said, you're right, but we're not home. <laughs> we're not going to get the accolades here. But God will not miss one thing that you do for him. He'll not miss one penny that you give him. He'll not forget one time you share the gospel. Or one time you even hand out a track or try to say a comforting word or help a person in need, or pray for someone. Just let God have his way. Pastor, would you come, please? Well, to speak honestly, I'm under conviction. tonight, can I just ask, how many of you powerful tonight? And see, that's why we have to keep our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ right, because what happens is, is this kind of stuff is not as important as it should be, and it should be our life. He said his heart's desire is to see people saved. Can I ask tonight, how many of you have a desire to see somebody saved? Can I ask you tonight, it's a small group as far as uh, maybe numerical tonight, you know, it really doesn't matter. But I say, how about we, as Brother Ron was preaching there, he said, my heart's desire, is your heart's desire to see that person saved? How about you come tonight and pour out your heart before the Lord for that person? Can I ask you this? Would you see their face in your mind? How many of you, would you raise your hand? There's, you have a desire to see a particular person saved. Would you raise your hand? You know who they are. You see their face. Now they're going to play. Why don't you come? Find a place in this altar 
Is it your heart's desire that they might be saved? somewhere to preach you know people's there waiting on you to preach and you can't get there but you want to go so you got to take turn about which what place you go think of that I'm glad I live in America <laughs> but I think we ought to help these men no doubt about it I don't know how anybody can listen to things like this and their heart not get stirred to not want to help <laughs> I really don't. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> so we're going to help. Amen. Now, uh, 
Some of us can take that on personally. Um, I don't know what this Sunday school class does in this auditorium, but we need to help this man get up there to those places. And, uh, amen. Well, I was already been worked on before church, before the service, because I've been talking to this gentleman here, and uh, I've already been encouraged, blessed, convicted, and so I'm telling you, you need to be back tonight, tomorrow night. Yes. And Brother George, I'm honored, we're honored that we have a part in your ministry. I have a very special interest and a special heart and a love for Kenya. It's my very first mission trip that I ever took. And uh, so it's a very special place to me, very special people. And uh, we love Brother Caesar. I met his father many, many years ago, and he was a great gentleman. I'll never forget, I know I told you this morning we're going to go. But uh, some of you will have to get home. It's going to take you all a while anyway, so I might as well keep you a little bit. <laughs> I'll never forget it, Greystone. Your father was there, and it was early in the morning. And, uh, yeah, I think it was early in the morning. I can't remember exactly where it was, but I know what he did. We were down there in the kitchen, and all those men was there in the kitchen. We were all talking, and, and Brother Waldo comes down there, and he grabs one of them peppers. And I mean, it's one I wouldn't dare touch. <laughs> he just picks it up. It was early in the morning. And he did. He just, I can still remember. He walked out of that kitchen. I'm like, whoo. Now that's a man right there. <laughs> Couldn't do it, but I can still remember that. He, that's been years ago. He hasn't been here probably, what, since 2006 or 7? 2008, long time. But uh, we appreciate it. Brother Caesar, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate Brother Ron. So we're going to let all these men go to the back, and you shake their hands, and I'll put out a one call tomorrow. Are we all, uh, let's tell you what, let's tell everybody by online. It was so good. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow night.